0: The WLEW Sports Network presents The Strong Side with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, and Paul P. Adams. The Strong Side is presented by Active Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine, Randy's Hunting Center, 269 Guns, Thumb Bank and Trust, Thompson Chevrolet, Go Thompson, and Sure. Better health, better life. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network. The MHSAA playoffs are down to the final four teams in each division, and two of our area teams are still alive. Good evening and welcome to the W, Sports Network's presentation of The Strong Side on Sports Radio 1021. I'm Clark Ramsey, your host, and joining me tonight is a true professional. He even has a license to prove it. Please welcome Dave Hanson.
1: Thank you, Clark. Gentlemen, good to see you. Boy, boy, am I proud of two of our local teams. They won in very
2: different fashions, though.
0: Also in studio with us is the sports editor of the Heron County View, Paul P. Adams.
2: Uh, it's good to be back, and uh, good to hear you guys again, by the way. So uh, I'm glad everything's coming through, and, and we're uh, we're back rolling.
0: I'll mute you for the rest of the show. It was a big <laughs> weekend for both Ubley and Cass City, as the Bearcats and Redhawks were able to clinch regional championship hardware, but in very different fashions. Ubley used a high offensive attack for the victory, while Cassidy's defense locked down and kept Loyola scoreless throughout.
1: Wow, it was absolutely incredible. Uh, I'll start with the game that I got to see. I mean, the LB Bearcats, unstoppable on offense. Haven't seen that type of scoring barrage in a
2: long time out of them. It was very fun to see. Yeah, I was at both of these games, and totally different games, but uh, – just goes to show that our thumb teams are very versatile in the ways that they can win and beat two top-notch programs
0: it's an in depth look at the third week of the postseason it's all right here on sports radio 1021 and live and worldwide at w and it'll be sports.com left side right side you're listening to the strong side You've heard us talk about our new pediatrician at Sure, but now let's hear it straight from Dr. Carrie Rabanera.
3: Hi, I'm Dr. Carrie Rabanera. I want to thank everyone for such a warm welcome to The Thumb.
0: We hear so much about having a primary care provider, but why should families have a dedicated pediatrician?
3: I would say it's important for a couple of reasons. Pediatricians have specialized training in taking care of kids, both healthy and sick, and it's also nice to have somebody close by that you can go to for something as simple as a cold. I'm really excited to be able to help take care of the kids here in The Thumb. I'm excited to work with such a great group of people, and I'm just really excited to keep kids healthy.
0: You're seeing pediatric patients at Shur and Pigeon. This is more than just newborns, right?
3: Yeah, so it's a common misconception. I do see kids from the time they are born up through about age 18. Health is such an important thing to a kid. If you're not healthy, if you're sick all of the time, you can't go to school, you can't learn well. It's hard to grow up and be a healthy, functioning adult. And so being healthy is important from the beginning.
0: You can learn more about Dr. Carrie Rabanera by watching her featured video on our website at sure.org. Sure. Better health. Better life. Are you sure? Left side or right side, you're listening to The Strong Side with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Paul P. Adams... It's week number 12 behind us and now on to week number 13. Hard to believe we're this far already. Let's go through the, the lineup from this past week of the scoreboard. We'll start in an A player football. We had two local schools uh, involved in that one and uh, we had Kingston and Morris from the NCTL still involved and Sutton's Bay took out Kingston 45 to 14 moves to 12 and 0 and they will take on Colin in the state finals as Colin took out Morris 27 to 8.
2: Uh, very, uh, very interesting games there. Kingston uh, gave Suttons Bay all it can handle. It was a touchdown game in the in the first half for quite a while, and then Suttons Bay just kind of put the hammer down and pulled away. And then uh, Colin really taking it to Morris there. I think that surprised a few people, but uh, you know, I, I look back at Morris's loss to Crystal Falls Forest Park, and it kind of uh, uh, took away a little bit of the mystique for me. Not surprised at all. Uh, I think Colin is a heavy favorite in this Division One game.
1: I think you're right. Uh, I I thought Morris would. You look back on that loss and learn from it and play a little better, but they really had nothing going in this game. Colin dominated the whole way, and I certainly feel they'll be the same way. Sutton's Bay might hang around for a while, but I think
0: Colin wins as well. In the Division two, the smaller schools in A player football, Pickford took on Hillman, 40-8. to Pickford wins, and Portland-St. Patrick, the team that beat North Huron a week ago, took out Climax Scott's 49-6. to Sets up a final between Pickford and Portland-St. Patrick. Any oh. estimates there?
2: Uh, well i give me pickford all day long i'll take pickford in either either division uh their their schedule their strength to schedule uh, opponents that they played has been outstanding uh, that went over powers north really solidified them as the the top team in the state but powers uh, or uh, portland st patrick really handling uh climax scots that that 49 to 6 score qu- uh, surprises me quite a bit uh, even though Climax Scots had a couple losses coming in. That that's a blue blood eleven player program that's making its first move. I, I expected a little bit more, but uh, I'll take Pickford all day long in this uh, Division Two.
1: I agree with Paul. I, I think Pickford's the best team around, and I don't think it's even that close. But uh, Climax Scots is a team to keep an eye on. Though you said, you mentioned they're new to eight player, and I think as they kind of learn the game, and they this first season is always kind of a test run for them. And I thought uh, a trip to the semis was a really good start to their career in eight player. That's a team to keep an eye on in the future.
0: In Division 7, we had one local team, Cass City. We'll have more on this one later in an offensive juggernaut. Cass City wins 6-0 over Detroit Loyola for their first regional championship in school history. Cass City will go on to take on Jackson Lumen Christie, who took out Schoolcraft 35-30. to Jackson Lumen Christie was leading big time in that game. We'll have all the details on this one as well later in the show. On the other side of things, Pawama Westphalia and New Lothrop won head-to-head, the defending state champions of New Lothrop. The defending, or the back-to-back-to-back champions before that, Poamo Westphalia, actually defeated New Lothrop in New Lothrop 36-35 to with 4.54 left in the fourth quarter. New Lothrop scores, and they need to kick an extra point to tie it, and after a bad, uh, it was wide left, I do believe, and they missed the extra point, and that would be our difference maker. In that one, Poamo Westphalia takes on New Lothrop 36-35, to and PW now takes on Iron Mountain, who took out Traverse City, St. Francis, the Gladiators are out 21-7. to 7. So it's Iron Mountain, Puam, Westphalia, and Jackson, Lumen, Christie with Cass City.
2: Wow, I mean, P-Dub, we are talking one of the elite programs for, the, for that size of that school. Uh, to take down New Lothrop, the defending champions, that's the third meeting in three years. Uh, P-Dub's got two wins in those meetings now. And New Lothrop, I mean, you look at the the... Schedule that they played a few weeks ago in the regular season, they took apart an undefeated Frankenmuth team and uh, really looked like they were primed to repeat as champions. But hats off to P Dub and, and New Lothrop. These are both public schools of of very uh, similar size to to some of the schools we have around here, and they have. Both of these these programs have really established themselves as state powerhouses.
1: I don't think I would argue that Pawama Westphalia put themselves at the top of Division 7 as the target to knock out. I, I think Iron, Iron Mountain, a nice season, 12 and 0, I think they're in big trouble. I, I think you're going to see Pawama Westphalia playing for the state championship Thanksgiving weekend. And, you know, Jackson Lumen Christie. You know, playing against Cass City, that's a that's going to be a good one too. But jackson lumen Christie is a perennial powerhouse in Division Seven as well. But they blew, and they blew a big lead. They allowed 18 points in the fourth quarter. They kind of had this game in hand, and kind of put. I don't know what's going on. They kind of put it on cruise control and allowed Schoolcraft to kind of get back in that game. So it would be interesting to see how they come out and if they can maintain that same uh, first-half performance like they did this last week.
0: There's a very key element to why those points happen, and we'll get to that later in the show. In Division 8, Beale City takes out Ishpeming, uh 27-14 to 14 in Mount Pleasant. So Beale City is set up to take on Ubley as the Bearcats, secure a regional championship in a dominating fashion over Novell. Fifty-six to thirty-six on the other side of the bracket. Fowler over Royal Oak Shrine, thirty-three nothing, and Reading takes out Adrian Lenaway Christian th- twenty-six to twenty-one. So the four teams in Division Eight: Beale City, Ubly, and Fowler in Reading.
2: So Beale City played Mount Pleasant already, huh? And they get to play there again. We'll talk about that later. Um, Reading is still the. He's an angry elf tonight. Oh, Dave. I'm <clears throat> I'm I'm a I'm a man of the people tonight. Um, but Reading looks very, very good. Um, did let uh, Lanaway Christian kind of linger around in that game, and that that does make you wonder. I, I had to look up Reading. Their one loss is a fourteen nothing loss to uh, Paloma Westphalia. Week one. That, that is a, that is a in week one quality loss there. Uh, so no disrespect to Fowler, but I think they have their hands full. But I love this other semifinal. I think Elbląg's got a. a, a a decent chance of uh, making it back to Ford field.
1: Hey, a familiar foe, at least a team that's going to run a familiar offense. Uh, they, they traditionally run the football very heavily, whether it be single wing or whether it be wing T. we will see that the most, but they, they have a lot of versatility, and we'll see the LB Bearcats have not flaunted that at all. I mean, they have completely – handled the spread they've handled the T. They've, they've kind of defensively handled a lot of things and even though Novell had a ton of yardage on them they really couldn't keep up with what Ubley was doing on the other side of the ball so uh, it should be an interesting matchup but I will say this I am was a big Beale City fan this weekend because now there's no ish for me and there's no chance of going up to Marquette which is what I was hoping to avoid. Well, that's so That's
2: actually where Paloma Westphalia is heading uh, that is going to be played on a Friday night Paloma Westphalia in Iron Mountain uh, and, and the way things are lining up though Dave, and, and for those who are listening to us, uh, I don't think you're going to see many of those Saturday state finals anymore up in the, the Superior Dome, as long as the Superior Dome is hosting the eight-player state finals, which is two games. So what the MHSA has kind of done is put a Friday uh, semifinal, and Iron Mountain and P-Dub uh, drew that. So I think if Ishmering even if Ishmering would have won, they would have been on the road.
0: Alright, let's take a look at that Ubly Sag Novell game that took on place last night on Sports Radio one oh two one or allegedly was on Sports Radio One O Two One. We do apologize for our technical difficulties. I gotta say we broadcast I've broadcasted over two hundred and fifty basketball and football games and we've had trouble in one spot in the entire, entire state of Michigan. And unfortunately that is in Ubly Michigan. We'll continue to try just see and try anything. We've already gone through three systems this year. Nothing seems to be working so far. But stick with us, we will figure something out in the near future. If I need to get some Sailor to plant a tower in the parking lot, then so be it, that's what we'll do. Anyway, on to the game. The game started out with Novell winning the toss, electing to defer to the second half, so Novell kicks off to Upley, and the Bearcats waste absolutely no time. They started the forty five yard line, and next thing we know, Carson Haleski is in the end zone. Just fifteen seconds into the ball game, it's eight nothing after a two point <laughs> conversion. And then three minutes later, Ubley strikes again. Shane Osentoski caps off with a one-yard run. Two-point conversion is good with a Warzynski catch. It's 16 nothing. Ubley suddenly out of the gates. Three minutes later, 5.43 remain the first. Novell gets on the board with a, of a 14-yard pass to Samuel Buckingham. The two-point conversion is good. And now we got a ball game, 16-8. to Ubley still leading. 107 remain in the first quarter. Ubley's Carson Haleski with a two-yard run. That'd be his second of the night. Two-point conversion fails. Twenty-two-eight Ubley leads, entering the second quarter. The first play of the second quarter, much like Ubley's first play in the first quarter, Novell scores with a qui of an uh, 18-yard pass to Ashton Wright. Two-point conversion is good on the pass. Twenty-two to sixteen, Ubley leads by six. But the Bearcats respond a minute and two seconds later with the Carson Haleski's third touchdown of the night, seventeen-yard run. The two-point conversion fails. Twenty-eight to sixteen. Ugly back out by twelve points. A minute later, after that, nine forty-five still left in the half, and it felt like about ten thirty already at this point. Quijano with a sixty-yard pass to Zayden Mitchell for the score. Two-point conversion fails. It's ugly by six. Twenty-eight to twenty-two. Three twenty-six before the half, and Kyle Oberski decides to rain on Carson Plusky's parade with a twelve-yard run. Two-point conversion fails. Ugly's back out by twelve points. Thirty-four to twenty-two. And then, just before the half is over, with 22 seconds left in the half, and Carson Huskey has his fourth touchdown of the night—a two-yard run. A two-point conversion fails, and Ubley's leading 40 to 22 at the half. Let's talk about the first half here first, gentlemen. What your? Th- it seemed like Ubley came out fired up. Some people were concerned about you know coming out a little flat after the big win over Harbor Beach, but that was not the case.
2: You got to start with the last. Touchdown! The fourth touchdown that Carson Haleski scored. To me, that was the biggest sequence of this entire game because that was set up by a Casey Sweeney interception with Saginaw Nouvelle driving. And at that point in the game, it was 34-22. If Nouvelle goes down and scores, all of a sudden, it's a one-score game, possibly, going into the half with Nouvelle receiving the ball. Instead, Casey Sweeney gets that pick. Returns it. I thought he was going to return it for a touchdown. Returns it deep into deep into Nouvelle territory, and Haleski finishes off that drive, and all of a sudden, it's 40-22 to 22 at half, which could have possibly been a one-score game. Turns into a three-score game, and that that's the sequence that, that Coach Sweeney pointed out that was the most important and critical of the ballgame both defenses really didn't
1: have an answer for the opposing team offense uh the the biggest difference for me so far was those was the interception and there's going to be another one later and Casey Sweeney gets both of them and those interceptions were pretty easy. Uh, I, I think the three of us in this room could have picked them off. But Garrett, right the Casey, he was in the right spot. He was he was the deep guy. He did not get beat. And he, as a quarterback himself, he watched the quarterback's eyes. When it was thrown, it was thrown in his direction. And typically, he was he was uncontested. He went and picked it off. And on that one, especially, he picked it off like he was the punt returner, and then returned it back all the way into Novell territory, like you said, Paul. So it was it was a great play, and th- those picks really changed the game. But that one specifically. Gave Ubley that chance to go down and score again. And instead of it being a four-point four game, it ended up being an 18-point game at the half. And that really put Novell too far behind. Now, was their offense capable to of score enough? Absolutely. But, but their defense they couldn't stop Ubley. no answer for the Bearcat offense.
0: And uh, before I do forget, if you do want to hear a replay of last night's game in it's full fidelity, no blips, no cutouts, nothing of that sort, just go to our website, www.sports.com, and click on the podcast tab at the top, and you'll find the entire game start to finish without any technical difficulties. On to the third quarter, Ubley's leading at this point to 40-22, and Novell strikes on their first possession of the second half with 10.56 left, Qu- Qu- Quiava. Or Quiava. Excuse me, with a 58-yard pass to Harrison Dwan, two-point conversion is good on the pass. It's Ubley to die 10 points, now 40-30. to But the Bearcats respond, no more scoring in the third, remarkably, in the fourth quarter now. nine twenty-eight 28 regulation. in regulation. And gets his fifth touchdown of the night, a nine-yard run. Two-point conversion is good. Ubley back out by 18 points, 48-30. to 28 seconds later, Novell responds with a Zayden Mitchell 48-yard run. It's 48-36, Ubley. And then Ubley puts things away with 258 remaining in regulation with a Carson Haleski one yard run and his sixth touchdown of the night. Ubley, your regional champions with a score of 56 to 36 over the Catholics of Saginaw.
2: I talked to Casey Sweeney after this game, and he said it's the first time he's ever been in a shootout. And, and, and with the Ubley offense built the way it is, it's not the type of offense that you picture in a shootout. But I thought, I thought Ubley did. Really well. And something that Coach Sweeney said, he goes, we were calling plays at one point to get our guys tackled so we could reestablish the pace of the game because he felt that the pace was too fast for their liking and kind of working into Saginaw Nouvelle's hands and they needed to work a little clock and just get back on track. But uh, you you look at Carson Holesky, 277 yards, 33 carries, six touchdowns on one play, a middle trap that was it that's the only play that Carson Loholeski ran all night long was a middle trap and it was working to perfection when I talked to him after the game very humble young man uh you know if you usually you score six touchdowns uh you're 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 pretty good mood and he was but he was the first guy to thank his linemen his fellow backs uh you know coach Sweeney has really preached that this is Eleven guys on the field, and that's what uh, Carson Holosky bought into, and was was talking about himself. So he he did not uh, take any other credit. He gave credit to to the proper people.
1: Absolutely, and the game plan and the play recognition, and it's just it all starts with Coach Sweeney and works its way down. Uh, we mentioned kind of as the game was getting going. There, there's a lot of veteran coaches that have an influence in this team and help out throughout the week, and uh, those guys are very important to the development of these players. And I think you pointed out the biggest thing is that it was very simply – a trap, a dive, it was from that fullback position, Carson Haleski is the middle guy in the T. And when that ball is snapped, his job is to get as close to Casey Sweeney as possible and get right up the middle into the defense. And he was there all night long, and I have a strange feeling they could have run that play every other time. They could have ran that 50, 60 times. on didn't have a clue. Uh, that new head coach had no answer for that. He had He has bodies. He's got some athletes on that team, but they had no clue and that's some old-fashioned fundamental gameplay that where that coaching tree that coach Sweeney's come from and he absolutely has it ingrained in these minds this is the best way to win we can take care of the ball we can run the clock down we can wear down defenses and if we get a big one we find a weakness we are going to exploit it and they did that with ease on Saturday night it was very impressive a very different way of dominating a football game than we saw the week prior
2: you know, in the past I've called the wing T boring and I apologize because I never knew the wing T could be that exciting. That was as much fun as I've seen the wing T offense against a good opponent. It's one thing to tear up the Memphises and Marlette's and those, those teams at the bottom of the conference, uh, you know, that's to be expected, but this was a regional championship and to see the wing T clicking like that. And it wasn't just the running Casey Sweeney was spectacular at the quarterback position himself. Uh, Nouvelle was committing nine, ten guys in the box, and uh, that allowed Ubley just to hit enough passes to keep keep that defense honest. It was a true showcase of the wing T <coughs> offense. And they, they almost had to because okay. – uh, I think Casey had three or four runs. I think it was
1: four runs where he kept them to himself to the outside. Novell was not having it. That was clearly part of the game plan was to take away number two, running around the outside. They were all four of them went for losses. So at some point you do have to open up that defense and show and try to back them up just a little bit and Casey, when he didn't miss, he hit him. He hit him perfectly. Actually, he missed once. He had an open receiver, and he missed him once. He was under a little pressure. He got
2: him the next time. Though. But he, but he
1: nailed it on the very next play, and, and he hit three, or I think three or four, good completions in that game. And those are difference makers. As we get to the point where those plays become a necessity, it's great to know that he's got it in the tank.
0: Novell ended up with four hundred and sixty-one total yards on offense. Ubley had four hundred and seventy-eight for a combined nine hundred and thirty-nine yards of offense in this ball game and thirteen touchdowns. Between Novell and Ubley, Ubley was led by, no surprise here, Carson Haleski with 33 carries, 277 yards, and 6 touchdowns. That's a fantasy game there. Kyle Nobirsky 11 carries, 74 yards, and a score. Shane Ozentowski 12 carries, 46 yards, and a score. And Casey Sweeney, 6 carries, with altogether negative 15 because of those loss of plays and uh, the kneels at the end of the game. But through the air, 4 of 5 for 95 yards, 2 receptions to Kyle Sweeney for 66 and two receptions to Kyle Noburski for 29 yards. Lean the way for Novell, Zayden Mitchell, 10 carries, 127 yards, and the quarterback for Novell, Quiava, 13 for 21 with two interceptions, 294 yards, and four scores.
2: As we look back on this season from Ubley, whenever it does finish, and if this thing goes to Ford Field, so be it. this is probably one of the most unlikely runs we've ever witnessed, and and that's not coming from me, uh, not being a hater. That's coming right straight from the head coach. He, he said this. His quote: "This is the most unfocused group he's ever he's ever coached, <laughs> but but in these three weeks of the playoffs, there is a switch that has been flipped, and it's been flipped by the players, not the coaches. Uh, you know, in our talk last night, Coach Sweeney said these guys are laser focused now." And they weren't in the regular season, but they are now. And and it's showed they have a mission, and that mission is to get to Ford Field. And uh, they have one team standing in front of them, and it's completely unlikely, but here they are.
0: It's time for a short break, and we'll return. We'll take a look at Division 7 with our local team, Cass City, as they hosted Detroit Loyola in the Country Boys against the City Boys. It's all right here on Sports Radio 1021. There are a few things in life that are constant. Death, taxes, and back pain. And not only back pain, but your neck, your arm, your other arm, legs, feet, and other places. And it can really slow you down. It can keep you from your favorite hobbies, traveling, and even everyday life. So how do we take care of your body's aches and pains? Well, it's quite simple. Active Physical Therapy in Sports Medicine. They have two convenient locations, just west of Light and Badax, and on the east end of Sandusky, and they have extended hours, so there's no excuse. You don't have to be some sort of high end athlete to be a part of active physical therapy and sports medicine. Patient recovery and rehabilitation is the top priority of their trained professionals, no matter the injury. They work with you to create a rehab program designed for you. It's that simple. So if you want to get active, once again, Go to Active Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine in Badax and Sandusky. Check it out for yourself at ActivePhysicalTherapyMI.com. That's ActivePhysicalTherapyMI.com in Badax and Sandusky. Left side or right side, you're listening to The Strong Side with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Paul P. Adams here on the WLW Sports Network. Let's talk about Cass City and Detroit Loyola. Loyola, I'm struggling talking today for whatever reason. But uh, in comparison to the ugly Novell game, which had 939 yards and 13 touchdowns, this one had 628 less yards and 12 less touchdowns as comparison. But that regardless was not the difference. It was still a fantastic game here. In the first quarter... No scoring. On to the second quarter. No scoring. But just before the half, Loyola was intercepted by Hayden Horn in the end zone. So Cassidy comes up with a huge stop just before the half. Uh, Paul, you were there for that this. That was
2: a one-handed interception in the end zone. A Just a fantastic athletic play by Hayden Horn. And it stopped one of the first <laughs> real drives that uh, Detroit Loyola had going. Earlier in the first half, Loyola broke off an 80-yard touchdown run and it looked like oh boy here here we go called back on a illegal shift on the offense oh. so uh that that was a killer penalty and a, a you know a game saver for City early on
0: and uh at halftime here just some interesting stats here Loyola had 66 yards rushing City had 26 yards rushing a uh, very defensive first half there 0-0 at the half after 24 minutes of play third quarter no scoring on to the fourth quarter. 7.58 left, and Cassidy finally breaks the stalemate. Santa catrell throws a 21-yard pass to Hayden Horn for the score. The PAT fails, and it's Cassidy 6-0. Yeah, but Loyola is marching down the field, and with 3.08, they are, 3.08 left in the regulation, they are driving, but they are stopped on fourth down by a mere few inches in the red zone of Cassidy, and the Redhawks take over, still leading 6-0. But Cassidy f- is stops is being stopped by Loyola's defense. They force Cassidy to punt, and then Loyola's back on offense with 135 remaining in the fourth quarter. And the first play they run is intercepted by Sandy Cutherell at the three-yard line, and that is your final. Jenny Fleck offense from there forward, and it's 6-0 Cassidy victorious over Detroit Loyola and the first regional championship in school history.
2: Yeah, this this was a fantastic game to be a part of and watch. Uh total total opposite of what we would see later in the, the evening with Ugly and in, in Saginaw Nouvelle. Uh what I wanted to see first of all was uh how Cassidy could manage the the size advantage that Detroit Loyola had. I mean when you saw Loyola take the field you were like oh these are these are men. These these were not boys, these were men. Uh we're talking two hundred and sixty, seventy, eighty pound men that were hard to move but uh you know, the physicality of a of a thumb football team was up to the challenge and it the first possession for Loyola, I believe, was a three and out. And I, I turned to turned to a guy that I was I was in the booth and I said, Okay, they're they're in the ball game. You know, Cassidy is in this ball game. They have they, they, it was a big statement for their defense just to to get that offense off the field, but likewise, this Loyola defense was was equally up to the challenge, and that's where I give Coach Scott Cuthrell a lot of credit. Their running game, Cassidy's running game, was not going to was not going to do it. Uh, he had to turn to, to his his son, his senior quarterback, Santa Cuthrell, and probably threw more times at nine times, two for nine, but uh threw more times than than he had all year in a game, and uh connected on Hayden horn uh, finally got, got loose. And, uh, and hauled in that catch, and that was all they needed. But it's just, it's an old-fashioned chess match. I mean, you look at
1: this matchup, and he's, he was not going to give up on the run, and he was just waiting for that run play to break free, that eight-yard run, or, or maybe one that goes 60 yards and just kind of breaks the game open, and uh, it just never came. So he kind of had to manufacture it. At that point, Loyola was already committing to stopping the run. They knew what City was doing, and he draws up play action, and Cathrell doesn't miss his favorite receiver in Hayden Horn, uh, and obviously a couple great athletes making a big play in a big moment and uh, but credit to that defense though. I mean it was absolutely outstanding and I don't know in the last time Detroit Loyola didn't put up 200 yards in a game but that would be an interesting stat to see cuz that team is a perennial powerhouse and even when they're down they're still obviously very talented, very big, usually very fast as well. So just goes to show you that this Cass City defense is for real and if they're going to hang with Jackson Lumen Christie next week they're going to have to find some ways to score. I don't think 6 is going to quite do it but that defense
2: gives it a chance. That defense will keep Cassidy in any game, and I give them a puncher's chance against Jackson Lumen Christie, But I agree, Dave. And we've seen at points in the in the playoffs, this uh, Cassidy offense has struggled to be consistent and put up points, and really, really lean on the defense. I mean, they lean on this defense for three and a half quarters until the offense finally produced it against a team like Jackson Lumen Christie, You have to figure at least three touchdowns. Cassidy has to score at least three touchdowns in order to win that game. I think that's a reasonable number for them, and maybe the defense can produce one of those touchdowns. So this is a defense that can score as well. So uh, uh, I, I don't, I don't think Cassidy's going to get blown out by any stretch of the imagination. I just worry about uh, producing enough points. And so far in the playoffs, Cassidy's allowed two points. That was on a safety, so the defense, <laughs> the defense can't even be blamed for this. Uh, I've been telling people uh, since yesterday. I'm ranking this defense as the number two defense I've ever seen, I've ever covered, only behind 2004 USA, uh, which was uh, a defense that allowed 43 points through the whole season. So far, Cassidy's only allowed 52 points, and, and uh, I, I think this is something uh, that they should be really proud of. And I don't know if we, if even Scott Cusrell, Coach Cusrell, knew that this defense could be this good.
0: Uh, they tend, they continue to improve and uh, just impress people week in and week out. It's now 11 straight wins since that Week One loss to Montrose, which was a close one as well. And you you like to think back to those games where yeah, it's a loss initially, but talk about the experience. You have that big game uh, exposure early on the season sets the tone, and I think you can credit that Montrose loss for this win here at, against Loyola.
2: And I credit whoever opted out of their greater thumb crossover. To take this game with Montrose, uh, Cass City could have easily had uh, a crossover with a Memphis or somebody like that from the from the Greater Some East, but instead elected to get out of that crossover and go challenge themselves. And this is something that Cass City's been doing the last few years. Uh, Flint and Hamity. they played a, a home and home, I believe, with them, and now going out and playing Montrose. And this is what these teams, I think, need to do. Uh, yeah, you you know, for the logistics sake, you can just uh, play all your crossovers. But, man, get out. Experience another team. And don't be afraid to lose, because yeah, especially with the way the playoffs are changing, the playoff system, it's going to reward you for getting out of your conference. And, hey... It might be a loss, but it's going to be a good loss because you challenged yourself.
1: And, and that's exactly it. Cass City's ahead of the curve, so to speak. They went out and got those teams, and they've already been doing that. So they've already out there, got their name out there. They're willing to take on these teams. And for Cass City, <clears throat> looking at that one loss in the regular season, what did it matter to them? Nothing. It didn't cost them Nothing. anything. They still, no. won, they still won the Greater Sun West. And they hosted everything they're, that they were supposed to. Correct. They still are... They still won the district. They still won the regional. That game means nothing to them now other than the positivity of seeing a very good team and what it takes to be a good team yourself and to find out what your flaws are and be able to work on them right away out of the gate. And I give them props for that. Uh, and there, there's been other coaches in the in long, in my greatest example is Tom Izzo has been doing that for years. He goes out and schedules all the number one schools right away. And typically, as in this season is another great example, preseason number one, go out, lose the first week right out of the get-go. Who do you think benefits from that the most? The team that won or the team that was ranked high that lost, and now they are back to level score, level heads looking hungry to get back to that number one spot. I mean, there's a lot of coaches that do that. He's one of my favorites that have done that forever.
0: Sam Guthrell led Cast City with 15 carries and 27 yards rushing the ball. Alex Perry, 11 carries, 20 yards. Hayden Horn, 9 carries, 14 yards. And Jordan Mester, 5 carries. For eight yards through the Eric Cuthrell, two of nine for 44 yards in the score to Hayden Horn, the 21-yard reception, and Noah Zaleski brought in the other one, a 24-yard grab. I didn't realize this, but that was the first touchdown that San Cathrell's thrown this season. That tells <laughs> he, you the kind of run game they had this they, year. They
2: have not had to throw the ball very often, and, and they they did in this one, and uh, he's got a great arm.
1: Keep in mind, well, at, when they moved San Cathrell out of that spot and put him in the backfield, they became more dynamic. And then, so any passes you saw came from Bryce Fernald. He was the guy that was throwing most of the passes. So they still have that versatility by moving Santa Sannecathral around. But you could see in this moment in time, they needed him to make that throw, not be the guy that was trying to catch it.
0: Now Cassidy goes on to play Jackson Lumen Christie on Saturday at 11 a.m. That's an hour before noon on Saturday in Novi to take on Jackson Lumen Christie, who is 11-0 on the season. Loyola finishes at 6-5. and and when we return, we'll take a look at the opponents of Ubley in Gas City, Lumen Christie against Schoolcraft in Beale City, hosting Ishpeming, right here on Sports Radio 1021. When it comes to buying a new vehicle, the choice is simple. Thompson Chevrolet. Located on M19, just north of Ubley, it's a short drive to find the best quality cars, trucks, and SUVs on the market. Come in and check out the all-new Chevy Blazer. Chevy Equinox or the strongest, most advanced Chevy Silverado in its history. With free pickup and delivery available on service appointments. With GM-certified mechanics, keep your vehicle in top running shape year-round with Thompson Chevrolet. If your next new vehicle is not on the lot, they can get it for you. No problem at all. 2020s are now in stock so come in check them out and see why so many go thompson that's gothompsonchevrolet.com gothompsonchevrolet.com
2: Sometimes you want go where everybody knows your name and
4: always you
2: This is Mike LePage
1: from Thumb Bank and Trust At Thumb Bank we are a proud supporter of our local communities and school athletics no team is complete without a good coach. Let Thumb Bank & Trust be your guide for personal service, professional excellence, and over 120 years of financial experience that any team needs to succeed.
4: You want to be where everybody knows your name.
1: Stop by any of our offices and let us show you the winning difference that is Thumb Bank. We're a Thumb Bank & Trust company with locations in Pigeon, Caseville, Cass City, Bad Axe, and Bay City where relationships are built on trust. Member FDIC.
0: Left side or right side, you're listening to The Strong Side with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Paul P. Adams... As we now enter the 13th week of the football season, much to the delight of everyone. I I absolutely love this time of the season. I'm not going to lie. The high school playoffs, I mean, there's March Madness in high school football playoffs are my two absolute favorite times of the season.
2: I would have to agree with you. Uh, football playoffs may be a little bit more exciting for me. Uh, it is a little colder, but, uh, uh it, it, this is what, this is what we all work for. This is, uh, you know, all that work we do in the summer, uh, the preseason, everything we do it leads up to this. This is the payoff at one day, one game, and you just never know what you're going to see. Did we know we were going to see a six to nothing game? Uh, Cassidy making history beating Loyola or an absolute shootout from Ubley that's the beauty of this thing we just never know everything
1: that I do in the summer doesn't lead up to this but that's beside the point but um <laughs> I you mentioned high school football playoffs uh any football playoffs for me it gets I just I love the sport in general so the longer a football season is if it was year-round I I'm sorry I don't play the game so I don't care about injuries that much <laughs> I could watch football all year round every
0: weekend <laughs> Well, that's why we, Dave, you and I get paid the big bucks to broadcast. That's oh, what. Oh yeah, is. oh yeah. All right, yeah. let's take a look at uh, the team that uh City's going to be facing off with in Division Seven. That'd be Lumen Christie. and they were uh, leading thirty-five to twelve, actually twenty-eight to six at the half over Schoolcraft. When Schoolcraft uh, rolls in, then twenty-four straight points to finish out that game. So Christie actually scored the first four points or the first twenty-one points in that one, but then Lumen Christie loses a cornerback. Basil Hampton to a lower body injury. And the Christie coach even said that that was a key moment. They had to kind of regroup some things, kind of put some stuff together to try and just keep a secondary hole. And that's when Schoolcraft really started taking advantage. Alex Thull threw five touchdowns in the course from four minutes before halftime to the remainder of the game, uh, the 13 yard pass to DeVries. An 83-yard pass to Parker Lawrence, 2-yard pass to Parker Lawrence, a 72-yard pass to Parker Lawrence, and a 15-yard pass to Jimmy Downs to make this one look close. 35-30. to 30, Lumen Christie was certainly concerned, but now they survive in advance, and their coach even said that at this point, you don't get style points, you don't do anything of that, just win, and you continue. And it was interesting to see, and I really don't, I know nothing about Lumen Christie's offense or whatever, but this one quote uh, in the uh, Lansing State Journal was quite interesting. He said, We knew teams were going to start loading up t- to stop our pitch outs. So we wanted to add a few wrinkles in there to keep defenses honest. So we're looking at some RPO offense. We're looking at a lot of different things here from Lumen Christie. a perennial powerhouse in the postseason.
1: Absolutely, and look forward to it. This Cass City defense is not going to be intimidated by a team that runs RPOs. That does not bother them at all. Uh, their, their number one goal is to stop the run. They're going to make you beat them by throwing at them and that is where their ball hawks sit back there and look to take the ball away it happened twice to Loyola and that's exactly what Cassidy would like to do again is force third down and eight third down and seven and you try and throw the ball and let guys like Santa Catrell read the quarterback Hayden Horn just to name a couple I think Bryce Fernald's back there let those guys see if they can jump around knock some passes down force some punts and get their offense on the field and pull an Uply move three yards in a cloud of dust, keep that offense off the field, keep drives long, and finish those drives with points. I certainly don't see a reason that City can't hang in this game, and if the game kind of goes their way, maybe they make that interception or two and don't turn the ball over, we might see City at
2: Ford Field. Yeah, Jackson Lumen Christie's uh, secondary probably likely won't be challenged by City, and it's no knock on Cassidy. They're, that's just not the uh, the offense that Cassidy runs. I mean, even against Detroit Loyola, only threw the ball nine times and completed two of those, so uh, hopefully that young man's okay. But I don't think that that, that uh, loss for Lumen Christie is going to really play into City's hands at all. But to piggyback off of what Dave said, uh, Ubley and uh, City are constructed pretty much the same way to control the ball and keep a high-powered offense off the field. And we've seen that at points in this season where Cass City can absolutely dominate you and demoralize you uh, with their running game and their physicality. They are a better team than Ugly. They proved that in Week 9. So this is a team that can do what Ugly does, and they can do it just a little bit better and with a better defense. So I think uh, uh, definitely a puncher's chance to hang in this game. And the longer they can keep maybe even have the lead or stay near the lead uh the the better for them and they they, they're just gonna need a break or two to pull something out
0: lumen christie will uh will have their leading running back going up against cast city and they'll have their hands full walker plate in this game against schoolcraft rushed for 48 carries and 286 yards and three touchdowns he also threw a pass for six yards and a score and brendan wilson lumen christie only threw the ball seven times in this ball game and they completed 6 of them for 90 total yards and two scores so it uh, looks like a pretty run dominant offense for Lumen Christie they're 11 and 0 on the season Like we said, they're always in the postseason. always one of those names you hear. And this game will be taking place in Novi on Saturday at 11 a.m.
2: Normally, this is a team that you hear about in Division 5, Division 6. This team's in Division 7 because it lost 50 students from last year. It's unbelievable uh, some of these teams that are falling into Division 7 and really making Division 7 one of the most competitive divisions in the state when you look at some of the names of the teams that were in it and are still alive. Well, they're...
1: You just saw a rematch of last year in Valley. Westphalia, New Lothrop just happened this weekend in the regional. So going to show you that how deep this division seven is is unbelievable and we, we thought if Cass City slid <clears throat> there it would be a detriment to them. So and instead that has been a blessing to them because now they stand with the final four. And that's impressive because that was a very loaded Division 7 when we first saw the bracket.
0: You want to talk about teams uh, sliding down to lower divisions. The most eye opening uh, stat for me that I researched over this past week the new coach for Nouvelle was on the 2003 Nouvelle team when they made it to the state finals in Division 2. They are now in Division 8. All right, now let's take a look at Division 8. <laughs> Beale City and Ishbameen went head to head in Mount Pleasant. And Beale City was victorious, twenty-seven to fourteen over the Hematites, the best name in high school football. And the first quarter, absolutely nothing happened. In the second quarter, five thirty-seven before the half, and Beale City gets on the board with a Ben Matthews one yard run. And this capped off an eighteen play, sixty-four yard, seven minute and twenty-two second drive for Beale City. The PAT from Mindel was good. And it was seven nothing Beale City. Ishpamine then has three plays, punts, but then Beale City's Trey Small returns the kick, or returns the punt for a touchdown. It's now 14-0 after a PAT. Makes it 14 points for the Aggies, nothing for the Hematites. Actually, both of these names in this uh, this game was excellent. 48 seconds before, the half is over, and Ishwemine is driving, but five plays later, they are intercepted by Logan Chilman, and that is how uh, you thought that's how the first half ended, but then Beale City scores just before the half is over, with Chilman 42-yard run on a reverse, the PAT was no good, and Beale City leads twenty nothing at the half. In the third quarter, on the first series, Jack Schaefer, the thirty-six yard screen pass to Trey Small sets up a Ben Matthews two yard run, which capped off a seven plays sixty yard drive. PAT from Mindel is good, and it's twenty seven nothing Beale City before Ishvamine gets on the board in the fourth quarter. John Corkin runs in both from four yards and seventy yards to make this a ball game, twenty seven to fourteen. Beale City, from what I can tell, they run about three, maybe even four different offices, The single wing, the wing tee, the spread, kind of a little bit of a wishbone offense. They have multiple quarterbacks. They have multiple guards, multiple tackles. It should be an interesting one here between two teams that are kind of built the same way: long, sustaining drives to keep the clock on their side.
1: And I think that's the goal of both of these teams. They they want to control the ball. We know what we know what Coach Weenie wants to do. Uh, he would love to have the ball the entire first quarter with his first drive. He'd be totally happy with that, especially if it ended in a touchdown. And I think Beale City would like to do the same thing. That that uh, eighteen play, sixty four yard drive, seven and a half minute long. I instantly thought Bearcats, and that was uh, that is exactly what Ubley wants to do on their first drive of the night. So you could see a drive, a situation where you look back at the Harbor Beach game and you see only five series, five different uh, sets of series in the first half, where one has three and the other only has two. I mean, it's, it could be one of those very slow, methodical games, more like Cass City, Detroit, Loyola, where they push each other around until somebody breaks one free. So for Ugly, they're going to have to be aware of the formations, be ready for the screen pass. This team is not... Not afraid to do whatever it needs to do, where for the Bearcats it's wing tee all game long and when they're gonna throw it, it's gonna come from the wing tee also. But they have run it to Mm -hmm. Dang near perfection the last two or three weeks. So they are playing their best football, and Beale City does not scare me if you're the Bearcats. This is a great matchup for you. You've already beat the fancy, finesse, throw-it-down-your-throat teams. Now it's a team that lines up and wants to run the football, which tells me it will not be a lopsided score. This is going to be a close game all the way through, and it's a game that keeps that Bearcat offense, whether it struggles early or not, keeps them right in the game, and it's certainly a game I think they can win.
2: Last time we saw Beale City was 2012 in Ford Field, and uh, Harbor Beach really had their way with them. And Be- or, uh, Beale City was an absolute one-dimensional team at that point. Uh, wing T only, Harbor Beach put it on him early. And one you get the Wing T down uh, like Harbor Beach did in 2012 – it's very difficult to come back. So it's kind of refreshing to hear that Bill City has, has evolved since then and, and still new coaching has, staff. Yep. New coaching staff. So still has the wing T uh, as part of their offense, but has uh, grown a little bit, you know, because maybe they learned some lessons from 2012 and said, Hey man, Harvard beach, they put us to it, put it to us. And we had no answer and we're not built to come back. So, um, you know, a, a very diverse team, but like Dave said, this is a team that's tailor made for, for a team like Ubley. Uh, uh, you know, very Very similar to a thumb team when people were asking me about Beale City, I said they're a thumb team they're physical they're going to bring it at you they're going to do everything that we we've been accustomed to seeing from U uh, and Cass city uh, so i don't think there's going to be really any surprises and it'll be a a kind of a, a, a refreshing change of pace from what we've seen the last two weeks uh, uh from what Ulies's had to face with uh, a couple of high powered offenses and now they're going to get kind of back to the ground and pound and uh, see who like like Dave said who can push each other around a little bit more.
0: Well, one thing that hasn't changed since 2012 is there's still a Schaefer on this dang team. And for whatever, I feel like in uh, in 2012, I think there's like a four or five Schaefers, a few Smiths. The same, it's kind of the same situation. You kind of think, how many Sweeneys are there? How many Ginthers are there? How many, you know, just those family names that you keep hearing and how many Perry's are out there you know just the same thing which confuses Dave and I always when we're calling everyone by their older brother's names well, But it tells
1: you we've been doing it too long yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think some people would agree with that but Beale City is 11 and 1 in the season they've won four in a row they take on Ubley at 10 and 2 in that game will be on Sports Radio 1021 from Mount Pleasant at 1 p.m. kickoff Coverage will start at noon on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWsports.com. We have broadcasted from Mount Pleasant before. We did not have issues then. I'm not going to say we're not going to have issues, but by golly, we're not in ugly. That's all I know.
1: Uh, that's absolutely right. And I, I've been doing it for eight years, and I've only remember handing a phone back and forth trying to have a conversation with you uh, at one location, and it's happened a couple times. So uh, hopefully uh you know you'll tune in and we'll we'll give you the best we possibly can in Mount Pleasant and Again, we're hoping for another Bearcat win. We'd love to go to
2: Ford Field. You know, guys, we buried the lead in this show today. I got off the Schneid uh, last, well, last night. Oh, here we go! <laughs> I, you know, and you know what? I went home and had cold cuts. There
0: it is. Get some cold cuts. Get some
2: cold cuts. Get some cold cuts.
0: <laughs> today. Yeah, you now tied me for the most for the amount of wins on the season in the round table. Well, this off is true, Schneid. but it's
1: not. But it's not a donut, and that's what we were. <laughs> that's what it was really at at one point. You know,
0: if you went, if you did not get a single win, I was going to etch your name off the 2018 uh, on the trophy,
2: and here. you won't have to stumble over batting leadoff anymore.
0: <laughs> that's true. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Three weeks in a row there. But Ben Matthews with 15 carries, 67 yards, and two scores leading the way for Beale City. TJ Maxson, seven carries, 37 yards. Logan Chilman, one touchdown running. And then Trey Small with that punt return for a score. Jack Schaefer, the quarterback, three completions for 81 yards. Seth Schaefer, also another Schaefer on this team, 16.5 tackles for Beale City. Ethan Locke with 8.5. And Wade Wilson with 6.5 tackles on defense. So... Kinda two uh, similar teams looking forward to it on Saturday at one PM with coverage beginning at twelve noon. It's time for a short break when we return. We'll take a preview at those week thirteen matchups, predominantly Cast City and Ubley, right here on Sports Radio one oh two one.
4: For everything to do with hunting, visit Randy's Hunting Center at the East End of Bad Axe. Look for the 40-foot-tall log cabin showroom with over 40 wildlife mounts from around the world. Randy's Hunting Center has crossbows by Darton, Wicked Ridge, Ten Point, and Raven, along with scopes, arrows, and accessories. Archery specialists ready to get you shooting this same day. Stay warm and dry in handmade cedar blinds in all sizes, starting at $425. Find over 4,500 new rifles, shotguns, and handguns in stock, including the Ruger American rifle Rifle and 450 Bushmaster. Over 170 variations of a bow action rifle that is a legal alternative in the shotgun zone and is fully capable of three inch groups at 300 yards. Get a Ruger Go Wild 22 inch camouflage 450 Bushmaster with muzzle brake for only 499.95. Randy's Hunting Center can drill and tap your slug guns, Mountain Bore Sight scopes offers custom sight in service, and they sell hunting and fishing licenses. Visit the website randyshuntingcenter.com and check out their Facebook page. Hi,
3: I'm Randy Brown. Get your best deal at Randy's Hunting Center at the East End of Bad Axe. Call 269-Guns 989-269-Guns.
0: Left side or right side, you're listening to The Strong Side on Sports Radio 1021. We're down to our final segment of this week's Strong Side, and hopefully not the last of the season. Of course, if Hubbley wins this coming week, then we will continue The Strong Side. If Hubbley, unfortunately, falls short, then The Strong Side will be complete. Uh, regardless, though, let's take a look through. Uh, eight-player football in the state championship game, Sutton's Bang, Colon, and then Pickford and Portland, St. Patrick. Locally, though, Division 7. Just four teams remain. Powama Westphalia, and Iron Mountain playing in Marquette at the Superior Dome on Friday night at 7. So Cass City will know the outcome of that one before they start their game on Saturday at 11. Cass City against Jackson Lumen Christie in Novi Saturday at 11 a.m.
2: Can I get on my soapbox for a second? We don't have a lot of time. You don't have time. So it'll be a little soapbox. Why is Novi hosting two semifinal games and this game's being played at 11 o'clock uh you're you're telling me between jackson and cass city we couldn't find another location
0: here's my theory mhsa.tv will be there and they only want to set up in one spot that's my guess
2: well it penalizes the kids and i think it's i think it's really unfair to uh be playing a a state semifinal at 11 o'clock in the morning with a couple hour drive for for each school
0: i find that very hard to believe that there's the mhsa doesn't have the kids minds in hearts in the first place there's there's Wait two
1: words to the yeah. next game there's two <laughs> words to describe that and it's lazy and selfish is what that is i don't know if the mhsa has been called that before but you've heard it here first mhsa yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well regardless though you've heard it here uh, but let's uh, we're down to our final moments here so cass city and jackson Lumen Christie should be a great game
2: should be and it's it's going to be cass city leaning on its defense Once again, hopefully the offense or the defense can come up with enough scores for Cassidy to win this game. But I I believe even if Cassidy goes down, they're not getting blown out of this game. This defense will not allow Cassidy to lose big. This will be a close game. It comes with the exact feeling you had when you were at the game. When
1: they forced a three and out and got the football right away, you went, all right, we're in this. It's going to almost start the same way. It's very much a battle of emotion. And if Cassidy allows a score and goes down first and punts and then they're down a score and the opponent's got the ball, it could get ugly and not feel good real quick. Cause this, ja- this Jackson Lumen Christie team is perennial, a team that can do what they want when they want. So it's very important. City gets off to a good start.
0: And division eight ugly against Beale city in Mount Pleasant. This is a quote neutral site location between Beale city and Ubley, despite 18 miles for Beale city versus Ubley. But uh, that'll be Saturday at one with coverage beginning at 12 noon.
2: Like we just said, uh, um, uh- Expect a very physical, uh, hard nosed game. This isn't going to be Saginaw Nouvelle Ubley again, Sag- or Ubbly versus uh, Harbor Beach. This is going to be very, very hard nosed football, and uh, possessions and penalties are going to be at a premium.
1: My personal opinion is Ubley has the better chance to win of our two local schools, and that's no knock against Cass City, just Jackson Lumen Christie scares the heck out of me. Beale City does not. Ubley is playing very good football on both sides of the ball. They've been unstoppable, and I think uh, they. They have a great shot at beating Beale City this weekend.
0: And that game again on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com on Saturday starting at 12 noon with the whole gang and then kick off at 1 p.m. If you want to listen to last night's broadcast, technical, technicality-free, go to WLWSports.com and click on Podcast. You'll find the entire replay there. In its full fidelity. On behalf of Paul P. Adams, Dave Hanson, I'm Clark Ramsey. Thank you for listening tonight. Strong side, left side or right side, you're listening to The Strong Side on Sports Radio 1021, live and worldwide at www.sports.com. Your home for high school football is the W Sports Network.